What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Non-Refungible. We have the usual crew in here today. We got myself, Yaba, and Cryer. And today we have a very special guest. You're probably already following him on Twitter. He has a podcast called Two Board Apes. He is the vision behind Zen Academy. If your project never made it on his floor updates, you're probably not going to make it. He goes by the one and only Zeneca33. What's up, man? Not much, not much. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent, man. Yeah. We're, we're super pumped. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, we know you're super busy. He just came fresh off of Twitter spaces, and he's got another meeting uh, in an hour. And uh, <laughs> I think you just mentioned it's 3 a.m. where you're at in Germany. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. I, I live, I'm like, a, I'm a vampire, basically. I sleep at 7 or 8 a.m., wake up at like 3 or 4 p.m., I still get my eight hours sleep, but it's just like my sleep schedule is all wonky. I'm going to try and maybe fix that or adjust that in, in the future. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask uh, about no your sleep, sleep schedule. <laughs> yeah, no sleep, sleep in NFTs. <laughs> yeah, well, I try to still. I try to get yeah. my eight hours. So we all know Zeneca. You know, everybody probably follows him on Twitter already. But we want to know um, a little something that people might not know about Zeneca. Maybe how he first got started. Uh, you know, maybe when did he first get into NFTs? Yeah, so I first got into NFTs in around Feb, Feb or March um, of this year. So basically, you know, I, I was before crypto and NFTs, I was a professional poker player for like 15 years. And then I, I like dabbled in crypto in 2016, 2017, I think like a lot of people. And then the bear market came and I was bored by all of that. Um, like most people, but then yeah, start of this year, obviously the crypto market was heating up and NFTs were like taken off everywhere. And I had some friends that were still involved in the space. They hadn't really left. And they started telling me about hash masks and crypto punks and this thing called bull run babes, which sounded completely like a Ponzi scheme. And I was like convinced this was some scam and they were getting involved in some like cult because with the bull run babes, it was like, if, if you buy another NFT, you get to level up to level two, and then you get more rewards. You know, it sounds similar to some of the Ponzi-nomics we, we see now still. But um, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a scam. I'm staying way clear and genuinely concerned for them. But, um, you know, eventually I was like, I, I know that they're smart guys. And, and I was like, hey, let me do some actual research and, and figure, figure it out. Because, you know, crypto is taking off and maybe there's something here. And it's on like Saturday Night Live. And the Beeple thing sold for 69 million. And like, it, w it was a lot of noise. We all know what Top Shot was taking sure. off. So yeah, I just started researching and getting addicted basically to the space. Once you buy your first NFT, it's like, whoa, this is cool. And then I was just basically all in and just wanted to consume knowledge and basically haven't stopped for eight months or whatever. So, yeah. so are you are you a researcher by trade or you know is this just something that you just did because you were you took the NFTs or or how did is that how you approach everything in life or or what Yeah it's kind of how I approach everything so I was a professional poker player by trade I never like before that it was high school I never really had any any anything else um wow. Yeah and so yeah I guess with the NFTs it was like it didn't really begin with like heavy research into specific projects. It was just like watching YouTube videos, reading articles, just trying to figure out what the hell gas and MetaMask and all of this stuff that we now take for granted. Like to begin with, it's so overwhelming to understand any of it. And like with crypto, like uh, DeFi and liquidity pools and staking and farming and all that kind of stuff. And it was just a ton and actually i made a list like really early on of all these words that i had no idea what they were and i wanted to understand more of so then 
you know, yeah, it was just sort of me just doing research for the sake of understanding. And then eventually got to the point where I decided to start like my newsletter because I have always felt that I learn the best if I'm trying to explain something to someone else. And like, you really need to understand the topic if that's the case. And so I thought for starters, there really wasn't too many great NFT newsletters out there. So I thought it might take off, but the biggest part of starting it was like, hang on, you know, I kind of like writing and I will learn probably a lot more if I do that. And then, you know, I started writing, I think about the Board Ape Yacht Club, one of the first things and the gutter cats. And then, you know, they, they were kind of project specific as I was just learning the space and figuring out what was going on. And then eventually it sort of, very, you know, kind of quickly became this bigger thing where I was talking about mac- macro trends, like the bull market, the bear market, um, how I evaluate projects and, I had to like at some point I had to stop like specifically saying hey this project's really cool I like it because it would just influence the market because I had like 10,000 newsletter subscribers and all these Twitter followers and and the market is so immature that like one yeah. person can say hey I really love it and then people start aping in I was like I don't really want to do that so you were, you were like a little archer yeah <laughs> kind of or well, dude I don't know what it is <laughs> yeah but that's yeah, I really funny like- that information and, and everything that you're talking about there, just because I also started writing those like a crypto focus, like educational newsletter. And I feel like ever since I started doing that, I just feel so much more. Um, I feel like I've learned so much more doing that too, because I have to put in the due diligence to be able to explain something on a lower, like a, like I try to keep it at like a third to five grade level. So it's not like the easier you can explain something, the better off you are or how well you know that knowledge. So um yeah i really enjoy that aspect of it yeah for sure i mean that was that still is a huge part of it like one i want to put a newsletter out on DAOs because you know people have been talking about them a lot in the last couple of months and um i myself don't i'm not like i'm not an expert and it's like the thing stopping me is like i need to do a bunch of research and you know that takes time and i haven't found that time yet but um i want to do it because it'll help me understand it more than anything exactly is that what kind of got you started on your whole um, your 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 private your private Discord? Um, that was sort of a different thing. So I maybe like four months ago now, maybe five. Time is weird. I sort of had this idea, basically because I I'd gotten to the point where I was getting more followers on Twitter, and people were just like coming to me with questions all the time, like partially. Yeah. In real life friends just reaching out what what are nfts how do i get involved and then people in the space saying what do you think about this project how do you look at this how do you research all this kind of stuff and i was like it would be great if i could just direct them to like one central point resource and say hey go to this website it'll teach you everything and we didn't really have we still don't really have that in in the nft space it's like go go watch a couple of these videos read these articles follow these people on twitter join these discords and then come back to me and ask me a lot of questions Yeah. yeah So I was like, hey, maybe I can create this educational website and call it Zen Academy and I'd have courses and like people seem to like what I, the content I create. So I could do that and I could bring other people on to create guides. And it, it very quickly became this massive idea. And, I, you know, I was like, hey, this is great. And I started the Discord server and just got all the parts like moving um, just to get the ball rolling. But then I was like, you know, to actually launch this massive thing is just, it's going to be a huge deal and overwhelming. And so I ended up putting a, a big, a pin in that and focusing more on just trading and creating my own content. Uh, but yeah, th- then a few months later, I, I was actually planning to go to America for like NFT NYC, ApeFest and uh, an Artblocks event in Marfa. And then because of travel restrictions due to COVID, I couldn't 
enter. And I was like, I have like six weeks now, like relatively free where I was planning to be traveling for a bunch of it. Maybe I can revisit the whole Zen Academy thing. And by then my discord had grown to like 10, 11,000 people. So it, it, it sort of had already become this community and this hub of education and information. So I said, you know, maybe I'll just call this Zen Academy and start from here. And instead of trying to launch with this massive platform, I'll begin with the discord and build up. And then that's, that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, it was like you built the um, community, you know, and then yeah. then then the project came along. Um, yeah, and it's still like it's still going to come along. I I hope to build. I don't know if it'll be a fully functioning website with guides and articles, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I do. I think I do eventually want to have a website and, and stuff like that. But you know, we all know the community. You know, you hop in the Discord, you have a question. Most likely, one of your fellow NFTers is going to help you out. So. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, since you released your NFT project, you've been in this community for so long. Uh, how is it being on the other side of the counter now? You know, uh, now you're you're maybe dealing with a little customer service now. You know, is it kind of a pain in the butt or? Um, it's it's different. It, I'm very fortunate in that my my launch was very smooth and just because it was simple. I, I wasn't doing this massive generative project with, you know, yeah. 10,000 randomly generated traits. Um, right. and it wasn't this massively hyped thing where there was going to be a gas war and people were disgruntled and all of that. So the, the launch itself has been relatively smooth and virtually no one has had any, well, actually no one has had any significant issues. We've had a few people who, you know, they, they can't mint for one reason or another. It's usually because, um, they're on the wrong network. They're on MetaMask, but they're on the Binance chain or they're on AVAX or like they need to refresh the page or can't use that. You know, they can't do it on their mobile because they don't have MetaMask or whatever. It's all simple things to fix. And, you know, yes, it's a lot of, you know, putting out tiny, tiny fires. But, um, yeah, it hasn't really been painful. And I'm fortunate that I have, like, a really good team of mods and a community manager in my Discord and just other community members. So if someone does ask a question, um, you know, nine times out of ten, someone will answer it, you know, perfectly already. And then it's just usually the DMs that I'm I'm answering and it's, it's manageable and... Um, yeah, it's cool being on this side of things, having your own project, because you can now do a lot of things that you know you couldn't do before. Like I, I'm now talking with other project founders and creators and talking about partnerships and collabs and ways we can have like mutually beneficial situations. And you know, there's all sorts of things you can do that they're just cool and fun. And, and like, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah absolutely, super fun. Uh, there's no Karens wanting to speak to the manager or anything. No, not yet. Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But um. Let's go back to your when you started making the floor updates because those are super detailed. That's probably where a lot of people started following you in the first place. And you you said you were doing newsletters first. How did at what point did they transition to the um, floor updates? And can you just kind of go over the evolution of the floor updates because they're super detailed. I don't know how you do it. Um, I don't know if you have twenty people working for you or or, or what's up. Yeah, so I don't exactly remember the timeline, but. I imagine, yeah, I started my newsletter and then maybe several weeks later, it was the floor updates. And it was basically just, I was already tracking, I had this Google sheet for myself because I was doing a lot of trading and I was just tracking the floor prices of the projects I was in. So it was, I think, Bored Apes, Gutter Cats, Ethlings, and maybe uh, Bonsais and maybe one or two more, but like there weren't even that many projects back then. And like I wasn't in all of them. And then one of my friends was like, it would be really cool if there was a website where you could track, you know, floor price. And I was like, you know, I've got this thing. Let me just tweet it out and see if people are interested in that. 
and it just sort of instantly became a hit and people were like, hey, this is really cool. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> and then it just sort of grew and I started adding more projects, um, like ones that I wasn't invested in, like CryptoPunks, which I don't have uh, or didn't, yeah, I still don't have, hash masks, um, what else was it, Mebits, and, and just like the camels and the, the bigger oh. projects at the time. And yeah, it just sort of, yeah, that's a throwback, hey? Um, yeah. If she doesn't know about the camel, she's too young for you. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it just sort of grew from there. And then I would generally just add the new projects that came up. And usually I was buying them, but so it was largely me adding the projects that I was interested in tracking. But then occasionally there'd be a big project that, you know, I didn't invest in, but obviously there was interest in the community and seeing the floor prices. So I'd add that. And it started off basically very simple. It was just like mint price and then what the floor was yesterday and today and the percentage change, I think. And then eventually I added, started tracking how many unique owners there were um, and how many listed for sale and stuff like that. And then as more projects came out, it just naturally grew in size from, you know, five to 10 projects, 30, 50, 100. And then it really got out of hand as the, as the space exploded. I, I remember people saying when like there were three new projects launching a week, like this is unsustainable, there are too many projects, <laughs> this yeah. is the end. Um, I think yeah. it was like when Bulls of the Block were coming out or whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> obviously we, we've exploded a hundred times since then. Um, but now it is ludicrous. I probably have like 200 that attract and uh, attract on the sheets. And so I was doing it manually up until about, you know, I had about a hundred. And then at some point I had to split, split it into two sheets, sort of like the older projects and the newer ones. And it just became like, when, it, when I was doing it manually, if it took 20 to 30 minutes a day, I was like, that's fine. But now it got to the point where it's going to take me like 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes to update. And it was just, you know, for to do it manually, it is a little bit, I wouldn't say fun, but it's like interesting to like, you feel like you have your finger on yeah. the pulse. Like, you know exactly yeah. what the floor price is for every project. You, you can tell how many are listed around the floor. You can just, you really know what's going on. So I did like that aspect, but then yeah, when it, when it grew to a certain size, I like unsustainable. And then I had um, I put a tweet out seeing if anyone could help me automate it. And then this uh, one guy Ali reached out and said, "Yeah, I can do it." And then you know he ch chatted with him and he worked um, with uh, my Zen turn. So I, I did hire someone to to help out, and he, they 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 created this automated spreadsheet, which is just every day it just automatically grabs all the floor prices at a certain time, and we're going to make it so that eventually I can just like click a button and it'll update um and then he added a few features like the the charts for the last seven days and now the last 30 days and yeah so it's just grown a bit from there um and and like the usd tracking and stuff like that um but thankfully it's like 99 percent automated now so it really just takes me however long it is to write the thread and then yeah do that yeah man anyways they're awesome but out of all those crazy you said you minted a lot of them in the beginning What's your NFT graveyard look like? What's uh, what's your worst one? Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot. I mean, Ethlings, that's a big one. I went hard on them. <laughs> Metabots, that was a rug pull. I was gonna um, say I minted Metabots, and, and I, I saw you minted quite a few of those too. <laughs> that was they my were... first big like big ape. I think I got like a hundred or hundred and fifty, and they were like point oh one, so it was they cheap, were. but still. That, and then we found yeah, out the, the art was stolen, right? Yeah, by the the artist who has now release robotos which they really took off today um, yeah and that's you know that's karma coming back you know he he had his art stolen now look at him he's you know robotos are killing it so yeah yeah for him for sure yeah, yeah um so, yeah 
I was going to ask, I was like, so, I mean, you had the worst man. We've all had that worst man. Is that something that also transpired? Because I've, I've reached, I've read a couple of your articles and letter 21 was probably by far my favorite article because I, it, it spoke to me. It was in my, it, I felt like you were in your feelings. It got me in my feelings about all these projects that are launching that don't really have a plan. And I mean, it's just, I mean, there was a point in time where I I was on a, like anybody that told me that they had a whitelist, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm just Mm. out of spite. I'm not doing it. So, I mean, how how does that all tie in uh, where you're at right now? Yeah. Letter 21 was really interesting because it was at this point where I hadn't put a letter out, I think in almost a month. And I had these ideas for pro- for letters that I wanted to write about. Um, DAOs being one, all the tokens, whitelists, and the whole whitelisting process being another. And I just had this massive writer's block and couldn't think of, I didn't want to do the research. And you know, I started and then I get distracted and I couldn't sit down and write. And like most of my letters, I'll usually sit down, do some research, write. I'll write the bulk of it in one sitting, but then I'll do more research, add a bit, and then I'll send it to a couple of people to proofread, edit, and then you know send it back to me. And then with this one, I just I was like I was just fed up, and I was just I took my laptop, lay on, uh, went to the couch and laid down, and like just typed for like two or three hours, and then just submitted it. And I was like, you know, I, I read it once or twice, checked for any glaring mistakes or typos, but I was just like, yeah, I'm just putting this out there, and. I at the th- at the time I didn't know if it would be well received, if it would be a good letter, if it would be awful. Um, and no, it it got good good feedback. I think because I think a lot of people were sharing the similar sentiment of just being fed up of all these these crappy projects that are launching and sure. wanting wanting better better options. Well, I, it was well received by me. I guarantee you. I mean, I was just sitting in there, just like just nodding my head at every sentence. You know, I was like, "This is it. Nice. This guy is." Yeah, you tell them, Seneca, <laughs> you get them. This, these yeah. guys need to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was cool. There are a couple projects that we kind of want to get your opinion about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you know a lot about a lot of projects. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you mind if we do a, like a little rapid fire around here? Yeah, go for it. So Wolf Game. How do you uh, feel Wolf about game. Wolf Game? Wolf Game. Yeah, you mean- I... You mean the I, NFT I have, where you just you stake you stake your sheep and you get like a million dollars a day, right? <laughs> yeah, it is clearly built on like some sort of Ponzi-nomics where it is unsust- utterly unsustainable. That people like people say, "Hey, you're making 0.5 ETH a day." You will not be making 0.5 ETH a day forever. That's just not possible. Um, yeah. it, it's it's a cool concept. I like the idea of this on-chain game where you can steal NFTs and have that. Um, but it, it's just massively overhyped, I think. And it is a project which should have been better. Like, the, it, it would be really cool if it worked, but there's been at least two massive exploits found. Like, the contract is paused. It just doesn't. Yeah, I was trying to sell, like, before they made their big announcement, whatever it was, a couple of days ago, whether I can't remember what it was, like, land or whatever it was going to be. Um, yeah, I was trying to, like, unstake and sell because I was like, you know, it was like four ETH for a sheep. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to take this really good money and leave. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ended up not getting most of them out. I still have, I think, seven or eight sheep staked, which, you know, it's amazing. Gr- great. That's good money. I'm happy mm-hmm. in that respect. But, um, you know, a lot of people are going to get burned, I think. And it's just, I don't know. It's cool. It would be better if it worked. <laughs> yeah. 
like sure. That. So so there's another one on the list that is near and dear to my heart because I love the Mori's. I've always loved them. So have you have you do you have an opinion on the crypto Mori's? Yeah, I like them. Bamori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I really like them. I think um like they were one of the projects that really stood out to me even during the bear market, like people were really like there was this organic grassroots feeling to them where they were um just doing well and like the community was really strong and passionate and forming. And I ended up buying in based solely on just the amount of engagement I saw from the community and the type of engagement and just all of that. So um you know the art is cool and it's it's just it's just a cool project i like it a lot yeah we're all big crypto Mars fans but you know it, it couldn't we it, we noticed that some of the traits were basically ripoffs of cool cats and we're starting to see that a lot now you know we had what the cool dogs the other day yeah um i mean i guess the crypto Mars kind of stand out a little bit but i don't know how you feel about you know maybe people borrowing traits from other projects i mean it's kind of lazy, but it's kind of like maybe it's a head nod to these other projects. I don't know. I mean, people do it with the ape projects too a lot. Yeah, I mean, every project is going to, almost every project is going to take inspiration from the previous ones, especially if they were successful. Um, yeah, that there are just grow. some traits that are just like universal now that they're almost to be expected in projects like laser eyes or like the crown or yeah, 3D glasses, stuff like that. And, you know, they work. So they're, they're kind of cool. I, I think it's fine to, if you include a couple of them, but if you include just all the same tropes, it's a little bit lazy, and I like to see projects that try new things. Yeah, I do agree. Um, the trade in sp specifically, there's like a ninja suit, and if you put the cool cat and, and the Mori side by side, it's literally like the same thing. But again, we, <laughs> we're big fans of the Moris. We love the fan Moris. Yeah. So, the so great no Steve Jobs. The great Steve Jobs said, good artist copy, great artist still. Yeah. So <laughs> so like we'll, we'll go with that we'll go with that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> borrowing in our case because we exactly love yeah yeah all right uh next one on the list uh larva labs they've been they've been awfully quiet lately we know that they're probably working on something in the background you know but i don't know what your um opinions on it you know maybe apes flip punks at some point yeah i mean i i do think that on the current trajectory apes are gonna flip punks and I, like four months ago I, I went and on record and said that I never thought apes would flip punks, but um, just seeing the the crazy momentum that apes have had in the last few weeks with you know sure. the mainstream massive names getting on board and the network effect and like the big showing at ApeFest and NFT NYC, um, I can definitely see it happening. And just sort of like in terms of the number of unique owners means there's this like supply shock that's going to happen where most of the people that have one ape just don't want to sell their one ape and there just aren't that many apes that are left for sale um, at a certain point. So I could see apes flipping punks, but in terms of Lava Labs, I'm, I'm very bullish on them. I think they have a proven, a, like a pretty good proven track record. Um, punks, autoglyphs, mebits. Um, you know, mebits people have some hate about, but I think, yeah, I don't think that they're just, like a lot of people say, hey, they're just, cash grad with me bits and they're just laughing with this money I, I think that they're building something incredible and awesome and just going to drop it and shock the whole space so <laughs> i want to get a crypto punk before that happens but yeah we'll see yeah they're definitely not just you know doing nothing in the background that's for sure yeah yeah um but you did mention the celebrities hopping into the space i just wanted to know 
do you think that's good for our space? I mean, I know it's good for our bags, most likely, but do you think it's good for the space with all this kind of new attention from the celebrities? Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's more mainstream attention. It's, um, if anything, it's sort of like validating NFTs in a lot of people's mind. Like a lot of people were like skeptical of it, unsure about it. But now yeah. if Jimmy Fallon is jumping aboard and they're Jimmy Fallon fan, if, you know, whoever their favorite artist is, is jumping on board. Um, you know, Snoop Dogg has a, a punk and um, Jay-Z, I think, has a punk. And, and like all these people are people that, uh, that celebrity, they're celebrities, so they have fans and people look up to them. And some of them will, will see them and be like, hey, they have NFTs. I should look more into the NFTs. NFTs are cool now. There, there's some validation there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. And it's also, it's not like, it's, a, it's not really a thing where they can come in and, take our bags per se like we we own them there are our nfts the community owns them we decide what's going to happen and basically it's gotten to the point where like if they want to come in and get these you know s tier nfts now they have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars yeah yeah and um and i also in some cases they're not for sale yeah we got all these people coming in but also um you know where you have a lot of of growth just happening in general Facebook's coming in $10 billion take over the metaverse type situation mm-hmm. too, um, where these things are, it's going to be a centralized type thing in the future, or is it going to be something that's more hopefully keeping with our open source viewpoint, I say would be the the, the thing I'm worried about more so. And that, yeah. I th- yeah. I mean, I think that is a concern, but I, I, I just think the nature of NFTs and crypto is that it will be decentralized. Like we're going to have, centralized entities interacting and being part of it like that's just it's just a fact that the, it's just the entire world can never be fully decentralized it doesn't quite like even now we're seeing DAOs. yes they're, they're decentralized but within the DAOs, there's usually some sort of hierarchical structure where a few people have that power to make decisions because if every single decision was put to a vote every single time nothing would get happen so it's, it's kind of like we're seeing like the birth of nations happen again. It's like, how do we do this? Oh, we got to, you know, vote in some people who can make decisions and then all that kind of stuff. But now it's, it's like in this public way where it's all on the blockchain. So I think we're having these centralized yet decentralized entities. And, you know, I don't know what Facebook or Meta is going to end up being like or looking like, um, but it, it seems like they get that at least by the first video that they put out and they can still make a ton of money and be a presence in the space while still having the assets in the own, like hands of the, the, the people for sure. Um, I got one question for you on all that too. Uh, so what do you think about funks versus punks? How, how all that stuff's going down? Well, and now zunks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's zunks? I don't even know that. It's, it's another one, but they're, they're, they're getting some volume. I, I got to look into it. We need a floor update. <laughs> Zenny. Yeah. Jesus. Um, I, I, I don't have a strong opinion on funks versus punks. Um, yeah, I haven't really looked into it. It seemed, I mean, it seems pretty silly to me that there's value in, the, like, generally derivative projects I don't value highly, um, especially if they're low effort. Like, there's, like, GAN punks, which took a lot of work and time, and, and they're kind of cool. Um, I don't know. There's a whole political movement behind funks now, so that's probably powering it. Uh, I don't really have a strong opinion. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny and cute until I saw a flipped ape, and then I wanted to speak to the manager promptly. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, and the funny thing is, like, if someone flips a funk, then what happens? Right. It's like, we're... <laughs> this is Inception. Yeah. What next? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. World implodes. So, 
So 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 one last thing. Uh, there there are buzzwords in so many projects now, and one of the biggest buzzwords that we hear uh, are tokens, like staking mm-hmm. tokens, whatever. And, and we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, uh, Wolf Game. But how do you feel about these projects now releasing staking tokens? Do you think it's something that is 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 sustainable? Sustainable for a couple projects? Is the future? You know how do how do you how do you see that? Yeah, I think the it's a really cool idea and concept, and it it kind of showcases the power of the blockchain and crypto in general, not just NFTs and what we can do. Um, I think we're going to see more of it, and I think some of it's going to be integrated in really smart, clever, and uh, value creating ways, but. The, the danger is that most projects now, they're just YOLOing in without putting thought into their tokenomics and consumers aren't necessarily savvy enough or aware of how value is created or where it's coming from and they buy in with the expectation that, you know, the token will be worth this amount or it'll go up or, you know, whatever. And yeah, I think in most cases, they're going to be unsuccessful, but in a few cases, they're going to be extraordinarily successful. Like we've seen that with Cyberpunk, uh, Cyberpunk, sorry, with their banana token, insanely successful and likely to continue to be um, because of how they've structured it. And I guess I have um, high hopes as well for the whatever token the Bored Apes come out with, the Cool Cats. Um, you know, there are projects that are, that can do it in a smart way, but it's it's difficult. Uh, yeah, speaking on the Ape Coin, do we have any predictions for maybe the mechanics of how that might work? Or what Ooh. would you know? What how would you like to see it maybe rolled out? Yeah, I really don't know too much. I know that on their roadmap they had a one of the things was like a blockchain game. So I can imagine that the coin integrating with their game in some way, whether it's play to earn or not. Um, I don't really know. And then perhaps you can you can exchange it for merch. Uh, th- there's so many possibilities that they can do. Um, it's like maybe they they introduce some sort of I know they've said that like they're not expanding the ecosystem past the mutants, but yeah. I'm not sure if that also means like like they consider mutants and apes like the apes, so that's thirty thousand apes. Dogs are like a separate companion thing. Maybe you can breed another companion thing, which you know you don't get the same benefits as being a mutant, but you're still sort of in the ecosystem. I don't know if that's a possibility, but that could be something cool if they do it in a way that doesn't uh inflate supply too much yeah i don't know i'm sure i'm i'm confident it'll be good and well thought out just because of how much trust and goodwill they've built up by being smart about every decision yeah absolutely um do you think that they might possibly let you use the current serums on the dogs maybe make some mutant dogs i think they might have squashed that you know i think they said that they're not doing that but yeah, I could, I could see that kind of a being a, a ace up the sleeve kind of thing. I, like, I'd hey, be surprised if you, start, you, know, if if you hung that. on to it, you know, it's like, and you had your yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if they do that. I don't think that they will. Yeah. Um, did Zeneca get any M2 serums, all M1 serums? Because uh, you have more uh, than one ape, correct? Yeah, I have three apes and I got one M2. Did, did you did you drink that sucker did you sell it no <laughs> so i i just i was like i was holding on to it for a while because i couldn't I, I i didn't see the reasons necessarily use it immediately um and then like a couple of weeks ago i tried to do it because then i was like hang on there's no reason not to do it because i'm not going to sell my ape um i have no intentions of it and then 
uh it's, it's like on my hardware wallet and like the website just wasn't working with my ledger or something so i gotta try again but i want to yeah complete the set yeah you can do it with your ledger i have done it but it kind of a pain in the ass sometimes yeah i don't know i'll try again is random but my wife she was like are you gonna pour the serum on your ape tonight like i don't know why but she says pour it on your ape just yeah yeah um it's kind of switching gears here i was looking at your twitter the other day um you're a coffee connoisseur correct i yeah i like coffee i i sort of got into it i've always enjoyed drinking it and then like start of start of last year or start of the year before i started like really nerding out over it and then um like watching all the James Hoffman videos on YouTube, I think, as any coffee coffee nerd does. And then, um, yeah, you know, I bought some equipment, started grinding my own beans and getting into the coffee more. Yeah. Okay, so you're deep. You're real deep. Oh, uh, you're grinding beans? Yeah, see, yeah. I, I'm just drinking Dunkin' Donuts over here. <laughs> uh, that's a great so, coffee donate. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. It's like, I, you know, I'm used to it. If I, if I have some of these fancy beans that Zeneca's drinking, I might... You know, I might have to, you know, once you might get that know pace, you keep, yeah, you might need to keep <laughs> it going. Uh, so apparently Ethiopian beans are, are where it's at. That's what I like. I mean, everyone has their own tastes, but um, yeah, they have like this, uh, like more fruity flavor. And it, yeah, it, it, to me, I like that. Have you tried Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I probably have, you know, like I've traveled <laughs> in America a bit and I'm sure yeah, at one point I've been in an airport or something and had some. Yeah, don't knock it. You know, I got to go light sugar. Um, actually, I put heavy whipping cream in my coffee, but that's Ooh. That, that's the move. Yeah, no sugar, just a yeah. little heavy whipping cream. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll get we'll get back to NFTs. Um, you were a early, obviously an early adopter to NFTs, but also into Zed Run. Are you still involved into Zed? Are you breeding, or, or you know, if you could tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, I got really early in, uh, I think in April they had a drop and I got lucky that one of the horses, I mean, I got lucky to get a horse in the first place and then I got well, lucky the that one of the horses. Where they, they emailed everybody and told told them that they won a horse. Oh, that was a disaster. Um, I did not win no, a horse. Th- this was back in April where, yeah, it was just sort of shitty website and you had to get lucky to, to get through. And um, yeah, one of my horses just was an excellent racer. And so I spent maybe a month or two just all I would do, it was race the horse as much as I could. And, it, you know, it was bringing in, uh, I don't know, half an ETH a week, which is tons of money. Or at least, you know, it, it is tons of money. But back then, it was extremely significant to my bankroll because, um, I don't know, it might have only been, you know, five ETH total that I had. And then, um, yeah, so then I would race it a lot. And then as time went on, I started investing into other things, got the apes, and then I got, you know, gutter cats, a lot of other things, and then had a lot of luck and, uh, like, was fortunate that my portfolio grew a lot and then it just sort of my focus shifted away from Zed. I'll still try to race it as much as I could. And then as time went on and as like Zed run as a platform sort of just kept fumbling the ball and making poor decisions for, in the eyes of most, maybe up until the most recent one. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I lost interest. Again, with breeding, it was much the same. When it first started, I just bred as much as I could and really grew out the stable. But now I like, I I have so many horses and I'm not breeding most of them and probably losing value, but who knows? Yeah, I kind of have a similar story. I mean, I I had sold my last horse to get my ape and then I had tried to get a horse and then, you know, I, I it, they made it so hard. Then they, there was the raffle. Then I, they told me I won a horse when I didn't win a horse. It was, yeah. And, and when gas fees were high, you know, converting to Weth on, you know, 
Oh Matic. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, that was so, awful. But um, but yeah. You know, you mentioned you mentioned something that was really really interesting to me. You just know you said you had a lot of luck, right? And I want to how much luck do you think is involved in picking and selecting the right NFT versus like hardcore analysis? You know, because well, I mean, I think a lot of the luck came from just being in the space at the right time. Because like back in what it was. may june it was sort of a case of almost anything you bought would go up like because there were only that many projects and there was so much more demand especially like after a month or two yeah a few sort of fumbled and and stood by the wayside but especially for the profile picture projects by and large um yeah a lot of them just really took off and so being there that and punks comic as i was around then blip maps i was around then and um yeah, just being early and just sort of having exposure and being able to like buy a bunch of like I had luck to get the horse and then that allowed me to build in my bankroll to I don't know five ten ETH so then I could buy you know board apes and I could buy punks comics and a few other things and spread it around and then you know some of them took off a lot and a few didn't and yeah I mean there's definitely some element of of research and strategy and you know finding especially now like there's so many projects you you. you you need to research and at least if not pick the right ones, you're going to eliminate the, the shitty ones. And then <laughs> it's go. like, you have a basket of maybe 10 to 20 projects that you think are decent, but even then, you know, for whatever reasons they might not take off, you need this like lightning in a bottle factor to really get the crazy gains. But at least then you have a, a pool of projects. And w- when one does take off, it's often the case that it like 10 X's 50 X's. Um, so it can usually quote unquote pay for the ones that don't. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I had a good amount of luck, but it was like luck plus uh, work, I guess. Yeah, and research. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it, if you work hard, it's like you you make your luck. You know, it's not like you're yeah. lucky. You, you yeah. work your ass off. So sometimes it's better There's, to be lucky like, than good. <laughs> yeah, but well, usually yeah. when you're good, it, it turns into a lot of luck. There, there you go. That's yeah. that's true too. That's a great poker quote. It's better to be lucky <laughs> than good. Yeah. That's funny, but um couple of things that we were talking about is just you know we've talked about how all these projects um, when they come out what's the ideal release of an nft we're trying to still work that um you know what's the magic you know number what's the magic formula that works for these things what do you what do you think and out of all of all the ones you participated in what's the is it the whitelist is the random is it the you know random drop type thing which one yeah i mean there really isn't a a magic formula i think i think um most important thing is to make sure that you have a lot of demand for your product before you drop and it's just like it's such a nail in the coffin which is kind of sad for most projects if they launch and not sell out if they sell out only 20 percent, it's just such a struggle and a grind to just keep up morale you know floor price on secondary drops below mint and then no one wants to buy and it's just a disaster so i always tell projects just push your launch delay until you're damn near certain you're going to sell out and then and then release i like that and yeah in terms of like the mint quantity this price that all depends greatly on the project and you know you can have successful projects at three mints 0.02 or at 0.25 or whatever it's like or even one ethan just fitting your audience is important exactly yeah focus less on the price per se and just build a good quality product and a community 
first and then launch the nft don't try and do it the other way around is my my thing and buy a bunch of bots for the discord to make it look like you have 500 yeah people in there. probably not <laughs> who would ever I mean, do that nate i yeah. <laughs> i haven't said the name this episode i'll, I'll refrain from saying it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, speaking of floor updates what's the floor on mechaverse uh, can you you know. second, do you really want to know i know a guy who does floor updates so I, I, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. It is one point two three. One point two three. Although OpenSea's been really buggy today with yeah, floor prices. It has. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know I if know that's it, accurate. Uh Doodles was delayed and I Slam. I couldn't help but notice your banner full of doodles. We're, we're big doodles fans here. So Oh yeah, I love them. Doodles be and, doodling. Yeah, love speaking of, we were all uh whitelisted. So and that was a very smooth drop for us. So Oh nice. Yeah, that was a great I mean, if you were whitelisted, it was great. If you were not, then there was a massive gas war. But yeah. um, but there are still opportunities to buy at point eight, like uh, a few days after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely dropped. Um, even cheaper, I think, when the bear market hit. And, it was like point um, seven, right? Yeah, it bounced yeah, back really, really strong. Yeah, they they've held up really well. So possible yeah. blue chip on our hands. We'll see. I think so. I think I'm really bullish on them. Yeah, we are too, actually. Um, that makes know me you feel gotta, better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the we got the Zeneca stamp. Got the we're good. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Cool. We're we're golden, baby. Yeah. Uh we know you gotta get out of here pretty soon. So we only got a couple more questions left for you. Um, what is the future of NFTs? But also we want to know the future. What does Zeneca have for the future? You know, besides Zen Academy, of course, you know, what uh maybe big dreams, what what you have planned on the road. Yeah. Um all right, the future of NFTs, that's yeah, that's, that was kind of two questions rolled in there. I'm sorry. That was all encompassing. That's sneak and sneak yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me start with that. Yeah, that's I think crystal ball. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think a lot of us who are really can have a lot of conviction in this space think and believe that it's just going to take over the world. Eventually, right. NFTs yeah. will be ingrained in all sorts of areas of life. And it's it almost seems inevitable to me. We're going to have NFTs. When you buy a car, you'll get an NFT that you know, gives you the right to it. And you can just transfer that when you sell it. And it's like... Instead of a paper document, it could be an NFT. Medical records will be an NFTs. You know, real estate will be NFTs. Obviously, music NFTs, movies NFTs. Like every, it'll just video games. Everything will just eventually tie into NFTs once we have like a, a smoother yeah. on ramp. Like it's so difficult right now right. for people yeah. to get involved and just figured out all the gas costs and issues. Like it's, it's absolutely impossible to have any of that unless gas is like a dollar or cheaper for a transaction yeah. it just we can't work with growing pains right now but that's like the part yeah of exactly the growing networks is, is such a hard you know it happened with the internet people were before there was something easy like netscape it was you know singular nodes tcp yeah exactly and it was a disaster anyone who, you had to be very technically savvy we're in that yep. stage now so i think it's yeah bright. it's gonna take a while but yeah we, we will get to mainstream adoption i always say we're gonna We'll know we have mainstream adoption when um, my 96-year-old grandma and my seven-year-old niece can both be interacting with NFTs seamlessly without even like understanding the tech behind it. Like Even now, like people wow. use an iPad or an iPhone. Um, they don't know how the processor works inside there. They don't know how the data is transferred from you know one place to another or any of that. It's just seamless and easy, and we'll get there eventually, but probably a while away. And it is it's coming. Right. And yeah, Zuckerberg will yeah. yeah. grandma. <laughs> yeah, you're you're yeah. gonna be at the poker tables and in, in, in Decentraland, and your grandma's will be right next. Yeah, to you. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah. coming. Um, all right. So the second part, what is the future for me? I think I'm really 
focused on Zen Academy now, I guess. That's that's my future for the foreseeable future. And yeah, just sort of build keeping this great community and and building upon it and, and growing it out. And um, I don't know where it leads, what it eventuates at. It would be awesome to have a website. It'd be awesome in a year or two, whatever, to have like in the metaverse, like actual academies, you know, maybe it's the first metaverse school. Who knows? That would be cool. And um yeah, awesome. I mean just that's that's longer term goals, shorter term. It's just much of the same, just gonna focus on content, focus on um advising, consulting for projects and helping them out any way I can. And um just finding ways to create value and, and help newcomers to the space. I think that's the biggest issue. The the biggest way any of us can really help the space and ourselves is just to grow the pie. And that's by helping onboard new people to the space, helping a convince them or not necessarily convince them, but show them why and why we think NFTs are so great, why they will be great. And then just the, the, the process of how to actually get started, why to get started, you know, how to do anything in the space without, you know, cause, cause it is so wild Westy and there, there are scams and scammers and all sorts of crap that people fall into. Um, yeah, just sort of educating how to avoid that and stuff. Yeah, I love that. That's, you know, partly what we're doing here at NRN is not only um, showing people NFTs, but the people that do spark interest is, okay, now, you know, we can help you um, understand MetaMask, Ethereum, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, love to hear it. But that brings us a, to our, oh, go for it, Car. question right there since you uh, kind of talked about how you kind of are looking at advising projects, stuff like that. Um, the... I always had a question for uh, Curious Addies Trading Club. Did you kind of advise on that platform, and what do you think about that 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 uh, project? Yeah, I'm a. I still am, I guess, an advisor for them. I'm I'm like extraordinarily bullish on that project, and probably unhelpfully so. I think that just sort of advising them and chatting with Ben and Maya, the co-founders, and hearing about their passion, but also their talent and the way that they can execute and build and deliver on what they're promising, which is basically what I, in Zen Academy kind of first sought out to be, like this this one to go one go-to place about how to get a new person interested and to understand this space. That they're trying to build what they call like the Duolingo for NFTs, like the or yeah. for crypto really, this app where you can learn in a gamified way. Um ideally even earning. So like uh sure. what's the word? Uh, learn to earn is, is what they're calling it, or at least what I'm calling it. And yeah. um yeah, I'm like they have so much experience that they did all the smart contracts and website for my project while they were doing their own launch, and it was seamless. And like they'd never deployed a, a smart contract on Ethereum before before my project, and they just like, they they learned like they're so incredibly smart and hardworking. It's like it, plus like this is an underrated part. They're so well connected. Like they have networks that extend beyond almost any nft project in terms of like they know vcs and founders of massive corporations like they're, they're friends with uh dylan fields the founder the ceo of figma this 10 billion dollar company and he he just bought tons of nfts they're currently shooting a uh, educational series with nas daily who has like i don't know his videos on facebook or instagram get like 100 million views and they're now friends with him and, and teaching him about nfts and like my had a phone call with uh randy zuckerberg mark zuckerberg's sister the other week talking about their project and it's just like in the nft space we we think being connected is like knowing the other influencers and the projects but there's this entire world out there that they're like so well connected with and that are going again to nfts and they have the ability to make curious ideas a spectacular project and i believe that they will and 
Yeah. I mean, I can yeah, go on and on about how how yeah, bullish I am on about it. that project too. I yeah. also agree with you on that one. That's super cool. Yeah. But go All right, Zanica, we got one last question for you. It's True. simply, are we going to make it? <laughs> we are going to make it. We are Black all going to make it. Oh, awesome. yeah, baby. Now. Let's go. We're all going to make it. If Zeneca says we're going to make it, we're going to make it. Damn it. I feel, yeah. I feel, I feel better about my positions now. <laughs> yes. And all my um, garbage on, NFTs. <laughs> on, <laughs> on this call, I just um, I poured the serum over my apes. I now have oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. Hey, you, you poured it and you didn't drink yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta pour it on the ape. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I love that. We're going to have to go yeah. tweet that out. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm oh, gonna that put bad. that. You know, the standard. You put the original and the M1 and the M2 together. There you go. And, yeah, uh, that was NRN's first mutant baby. Well, I guess second. I I kind of mut mutated mine, but um, yeah. yeah Zeneca, man, we we know you're busy. We know you have another meeting to get to. Um, we wanted to give you a big thank you, not only from us but yeah. from the entire NFT community. Uh, make sure you go. Make sure you're following Zeneca. I'm sure you already are. Go tell him how good he was on this podcast. Go subscribe to Two Board Apes. Go check out his newsletter. Don't forget about Zen Academy. Um, and from everyone at NRN, we thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. See you. Peace. Thanks for having me.